record this. Oh, great. That way I, I don't have to start scribbling notes. <laughs> I, I, do you have the software that transcribes too? I, you know, I've used that um, and I'll, I'll probably try that. Um, it's, it's, it's a good tool. It doesn't, uh, it's not 1000% effective. No, 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 it isn't. But I've, I've been using it since the pandemic because we've had to do so many telephone conferences and people and getting, uh, it's amazing when, when you have a verbal kind of exchange like we have right now, the number of pages that are generated. <laughs> It is. Uh, as opposed to typing at about 60 words a minute, whatever, that I hack my way through to do emails. But um, it, it, it does help with memory and extemporaneous kinds of things to make sure that, you know, oh, that's what he said. Oh, OK. Or that's what she said. So yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, I host a, uh, a podcast um, every week. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're doing one today. Um, and a lot of the articles I write for the LA Blade are actually out of those podcast interviews. So, um, yeah, so I do a lot of transcribing of that um, from, from the, the podcast um, uh, onto, uh, uh, into the article and getting the quote right and, and all of that is, is super important. Well, so, I'm an um, easy, I'm an, I'm an easy subject when it comes to, you know, I, I've been paraphrased and, and everything else. So, um, you know, I'm, I, 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 I've sort of adopted for, you know, I started this deal with theaters 15 years ago, uh, 16, going on 16 years, uh, not being in the theater community. I was in advertising. Right. So, so I, I treated the theater in a different perspective than some people might have you know thought was appropriate and uh but here we are today and uh, we're you know we're gainfully reopening ourselves to the world uh after being in hibernation for 18 months so yeah no it, it's exciting i my arc is kind of the exact opposite of yours i started in theater and ended up in marketing <laughs> and advertising okay so yeah. yeah, so I get the I get the synergy be, between the two in, in a big way, um, and just to let you know, I actually worked at the uh, Huntington Hartford back in the day um, in the seventies. Um, you were saying that that yeah. it was you, you. So so you predate you look too young to have been at the Huntington Hartford. You must have been ten years old in an usher or something. But, well, I was uh, I, I was not far from ten. I was a little older than ten, but it was um, nice, yeah. James Doolittle had had already bought it, but it was still called the Hartford. Um, ah, okay, that's sure interesting. When, yeah, I forget when they switched the name over, but um, yeah, I was an usher and a doorman, and I worked the switchboard. And in those days, the switchboard this was in the seventies, and the switchboard was that kind where the phone call would come in and you had to literally pull the line out and plug it in to the extension and manually ring the extension in the building. I mean, that was, where, where was that located? In the it was basement? in the basement. Yeah. 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 There was, was there on the South side, there's an office that has glass around it. And yeah. I'll bet that it was a room where it, it was stationed. That was exactly uh, it. It, it, yeah because the actors funny. would come in the doorway there going backstage yeah. yep and yep. um yeah 
I'd be there. Hear your messages. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you better call your publicist. Yes, you know, yes, he's upset. So. You, you should never have signed that contract. Damn it. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's funny because there are so many urban uh, stories about the development of the theater. And I actually took, when we were shut down by the government in March, uh, you know, March, well, first of March, I think the official date in California was March 13th, but I think the national right. shutdown was March 4th. And so, so I, I, I said, okay, what am I going to do with myself? And I said, well, I've always wanted to be an executive producer and I sit by my pool. And, uh, and I got bored with that within a day. Uh, and then I started looking online and I said, ah, I can go to newspapers.com and start doing Google search and get the real story on a day-to-day -day basis as to how this theater started. And I really did, I, I compiled everything from 1925 when the first drawings took place, the news releases about it. Uh, I even unearthed a very interesting thing because it was the Wilkes Brothers Vine Street Theater original when it was right, first built, right. okay? The Wilkes brothers were grand nephews of John Wilkes Booth, the assassin. Wow. Uh, and, and so they came out west. Uh, you know, it was a well-to-do family. They were theaters like the Niederlanders right. or the, you know, uh, of, or the Schuberts of their day. And so they got into a, 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 a kind of an interesting dynamic because Paramount Pictures was on Vine Street at that time. And C.V. DeMille was the man running the show there. And when they came to him and said, well, we're gonna build this theater, he wanted it on the east side of Vine Street and not on the west side of Vine Street. And uh, the, I don't know how the real estate action took place, but they ended up on the west side of the street. And, and, and three years or two years later, after it was completed in 1927, one of the Wilkes brothers was indicted for money laundering for twelve and a half million dollars. Oh my God! And yes, you know, this That's... is one of those things that I, I just, I mean, I had heard about them and I knew their their history, but they were basically running money through the the theater for whatever reasons. Remember, it was right around the the prohibition time too, so it may have been that. You know, because Hollywood, you know, you had the music box across the street from the Pantages and they had a speakeasy where you, you could hide the whole front. There was a, a there's a whole area in front there and it's in walking distance of the Pantages. Uh, I've you know, I, so there were, let's say, secret rooms. With, there was one. It wasn't one at the Montalban. I mean, I when I first got there, they said, oh, yeah, there was a tunnel between here and the Pantages. And I went, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. And that, you know, no, no, no. Uh, and I, I really, uh, I've spent the last 15 years in renovations and developing programming, employment, uh, trying to encourage a, a, a new spirit at the place because it really right. wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, prepared to go forward. Uh, when I got there, there was a group trying to turn it into a nightclub, which was very popular in the, you know, latter part of the 90s and early 20s. Right. Uh, because uh, Hollywood was still very um, uh, depressed economically right. and, and right. in development. And uh, there was, a, I mean, it, it's funny, you do a Google overhead uh, around my theater. And in 1970s, 80s, and 90s, there's just asphalt everywhere. 
They just right. they just they dismantled a lot of what was built in, in, in infrastructure around the main buildings like the Taft or the Capitol Records building. But there's this swaths of, of, of asphalt and and then you see it coming back again. Right. Um, yeah. So the, this pandemic is really uh, it's twisted everything sideways. I got to tell you. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And um, what what are your feelings about because I I was just in Hollywood. Actually, I was in Hollywood right before the pandemic hit, just right mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I went to the Dome, um, you know, I watched a movie there, which is now I understand that they're closing. Um, oh, they're in, they're in receivership. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also noticed at the time when in Grauman's Chinese was the, the theater part, the old theater part was now not really a theater anymore. It's a, just a big tourist attraction with right. the modern theaters behind. Um, what do you see as, as, I mean, you have legacy in the town. What do you see as the future of downtown Hollywood now? Uh, well, I, I, I really believe that we're the largest intimate theater in Hollywood at this point. Uh, I do a lot. The French Festival has been a part of our uh, legacy to host it for the last five or six years. When I, when I came on board, they, uh, people would ask me, you know, what is the Montalban? And nobody knew where it was. And, and it had been established six years before I came on board. Right. And the previous administration had done nothing. Uh, or they did a lot of damage. Let's put it that way. They did a lot, but in the wrong direction. When I came in, it was, I mean, it was, it was worse than I could ever have imagined uh, going in. I didn't, I didn't know the debt load. I didn't know the, you know, the ins and outs. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm still learning today. Well, at Hollywood and the theater scene is third tier behind broadcast and motion picture. Uh, and the, you know, and if, you know, even with actors, you know, get booked, if they get booked on a broadcast piece, they're out of the, the play. Right. Uh, I, I, I see uh, right now. Okay. There's been battles that have been going on since I, I came on board. Uh, the, we have been trying to designate the Santa Monica Boulevard like West Hollywood to be the theater district. And it's not just a name. But it, it actually, like West Hollywood, made as a city, redirected state funds for the highway. So the beautification that would go to Sacramento would, is now being handled locally from La Brea to Doheny before Beverly Hills. So I became part of a project to try to create that from La Brea to Vine Street. Okay, and, and, and Mitch O'Farrell did a great job in, in promoting that through city council, and, and it is intact at this point. But as far as the streetscapes and what's transpiring with the master plan in Hollywood, uh, Gensler is the company that is designing that. There hasn't been a lot of emphasis on the Santa Monica Boulevard corridor yet. It's all been up on Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard, uh, you right. know, as far as reimagining that. Right. Um, so, which is fine because I, I, they are talking about changing Hollywood Boulevard to be a, a, a purely a pedestrian street, just like Santa Monica uh, at Second Street, right. which I think I think is absolutely appropriate. Uh, it'll it, it'll reinvigorate all of the infill between Highland and Vine Street. 
we have the cap park, which is uh, if if the infrastructure bill ever gets passed in DC, uh, you know, we're now into uh, early October when they were predicting it would be August. Uh, there's about $20 billion to the to build the Hollywood Central Park, which has an outdoor amphitheater. Uh, this is all being kind of built towards the, you know, we, uh, Garcetti did several smart things, but one thing that he did is that he postured that he wanted the Olympics here in 24. And then he backed out and gave that to Paris and then and, and, and went for 28. And I think he knew because dealing with LADBS and, and fire department, you need an extra four years. Right. Uh, even, and so, uh, so in, in, in essence, there are going to be, the city of Los Angeles has got to change a lot of its rules uh, and the state of California for that matter. And CEQA, uh, you know, the Wallace is a, a good example. The Broad is a good example to where those theaters were built on the west side. Um, you know, some people could say they're, they're part of the network petition. Uh, their seating is only 500 because they couldn't succeed that because of the, um, uh, the laws about how many people per car to come into a theater. With mine, I have a thousand seats approximately. I would need 1.1, so I, I need, I, if I built today, I would need a, a parking structure that had 800 spaces in it, mm. whether they used it or not. Right, that's, right. The, that's the code. Right. And so even the you know, city of Beverly Hills, they built an underground complex under the Wallace first. And it was a great, it's a great plan. I mean, I think that whole complex is just fabulous. Uh, the Broad was funny because they built it with educational money and with Eli Broad's money. But then they didn't put any rehearsal halls or any kind of support system to it. And it was just, a, it was basically EDs and the main room, but no place to develop projects. And then, and, and fortunately, they have the community and, and, and the Broad Foundation. They just said, oh, we'll buy the lot next door and we'll build that up. And, and, and then we'll have a full performing arts center. And that's right. happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. Um, so I, I, think, I think the live is, 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 is going to do well again. I think yeah. it's, going to take, it's going to take a while for the audiences to come back. I've, uh, uh, I've been in touch with the Nederlanders. I've been, I'm, I, uh, I, by the time this article comes out or if it comes out, <laughs> the, I have Brian Cox coming in from London next June and it's a book for a weekend. Uh, he sold out every time, you know, past times he was in, um, but we're putting the promoter, uh, West Beth Entertainment, who owned a theater in, in, in New York for 37 years. He's a very good friend of mine, Arnold Engelman. And he, he and I, you know, he, he's putting Eddie Izzard up on, in Canada. He's not even touring in the United States because of the various rules and challenges that, that for anybody to do live theater or live performances still, um, you know, it, uh, unless you're, you know, a, a, a guarantee like the Rolling Stones. Right. Uh, it, yeah. You know, it's still, it's a difficult call. Uh, you know, how many cities do you put together and, and, and what is going to be the, you know, it, 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 everybody's very tentative right now, including myself. Right. Uh, oh, totally, totally understand. I want to I go a little bit to you personally. Um, so you started out on Dennis the Menace. Um, <laughs> yes. How... How did how did that come about, and how did that evolve you into 
theater, acting, etc.? Well, uh, I, m my family lived on Homewood Avenue just off Vine Street when I was growing up. My grandmother owned a six unit duplex uh, and, on, and it's right next to Netflix Park. It was one of the last buildings to be razzed. It, it, was, it had been used as a post-production house by Post Group for about 30 years. Uh, my grandmother sold the property in the mid 60s. Uh, I, we, we were, uh, uh, let's say, a, 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 a second generation Hollywood family. My mother was a, a singer actress uh, that her mother brought her to Hollywood uh, from Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, to become uh, another little starlet like Shirley Temple, because my wife, my, my mother had a voice, she had great looks. And uh, she started, she was actually the first woman, uh, let's say, news broadcaster on the George Putnam News on KTTV in 1960. Uh, Dennis Amet has preceded that. She did a number of musical shows in local television, the Hit Parade, um, uh, Spade Cooley, country western music. Um, uh, Russell Hayden, who was a producer, did a m bunch of Westerns. So we were, you know, kind of entrenched and she, you know, she was 21, 20 years old when, when she had my sister and myself, Kelly. And she, you know, there weren't really any kind of a, uh, accommodations for babysitters and she would just bring us to the sound stages. And, and uh, you know, I, my first memories were in sound stages. I was doing commercials uh, for Southern California Gas Company or uh, Procter & Gamble Band-Aids and Can You Cry on Cue. Um, I was uh, it, cast for uh, Dennis the Menace and uh, the final casting had, well, Jay was Dennis and then you had uh, Billy Mummy. You had, uh, we had, um, uh, Ron Howard, myself, uh, there was a group of kids that were sort of the go-to uh, in those days for television. Uh, and I happened to get that one part. Uh, and I, I did another television show that's a, uh, a trivia question uh, because it, it was placed by NBC in what the people call the suicide slot. It was called <laughs> Peter, Lo yeah, people, Peter Loves Mary. And it was a family show and they put it opposite Bonanza, I think, or something. And it, it ran at 10.30 at night and they just wanted it to fail, uh, even though they had committed to the pilot and to the, you know, the first season. But uh, lo and behold, it still held numbers to where the, they, we were renewed for half season after that. And it was a fun experience. I mean, that's, you know, it, 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 I actually, it, those, those childhood experiences, uh, especially doing, uh, uh, I was at Four Star, which is now the CBS Radford lot. Uh, on stage seven and uh, and uh, and being on a, on a lot and only having three hours of school in five minute increments, you start thinking differently. I mean, you know, it, it's it, from the very beginning. I had to deal with adults. I it was it was painful for me to go back to to school and you know in between gigs and that, that's how it was. I mean, it was right. You, know, you, you do the, the 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 commercial shoot. You have to go. We would have to go down to downtown Los Angeles to get the work permit. And then go back to you know and, and tell the, the school I'd be gone for a week or two weeks or nine weeks, and or a day, and um, so but that 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 was a you know California in the '60s or late '50s was phenomenal. Uh, even Hollywood, look, 
my we i my kindergarten class my mother used to just say go to school and she'd have me walk up Vine street and go selma and and hit the selma avenue when it was when i was in kindergarten and you you i you can't, i couldn't imagine doing that as a parent today I mean, yeah. yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, and, and, and even as an adult right now, it's pretty scary uh, walking down Selma because the homeless situation has uh, just blossomed, especially in the last year and a half. Uh, and, and, and hopefully the infrastructure bills and the reinvestment uh, that the current administration is talking about will help solve that. Right. Then uh, I want to fast forward you up to the next or later part of your career when you got very into photography and visual arts. Um, how has that yeah. impacted your your take on current theater? Uh, I think it is really the, the center of, of where I come from. Uh, I was, I ran my own studio in advertising, putting content together, primarily still photographs, some video. Uh, never made the transition to commercials in my studio because the one or two chances that I were I was given to sign in those days, if you signed as a director with a, a production company, you were dead as a photographer. And uh, you know it was it was sort of like, well, uh, you don't want to do photographs anymore. Well, no, uh, photographs are phenomenal. Uh, commercials and video footage is a different art form completely. Uh, and I I think digital has really blurred those lines. Uh, it, it, to where it's very, it, it's, it's challenging because now when you are an image maker, it, uh, and this is how I'm teaching my, I have, I have basically an audiovisual department within the theater. I, this is how I've approached it differently from the theaters is I have my own marketing, my own social media, uh, and, and I'm building it out so that it's going to be more robust and, and book the number of days and, uh, and interesting subject matters that we get behind too. Uh, so yes, I, I started in high school. I, I was mentored, interestingly enough. I, uh, I was, we were one of the early families that made transitions between New York and Los Angeles on red eye as my mother was being remarried or divorced. And in my teenage, early teenage years between let's say sixth grade and ninth grade, we were back and forth each year and I, uh, between uh, Westchester, New York and Los Angeles. And finally, in, in 1968, um, I, was, I was enrolled in Beverly Hills uh, uh, Public School, hated it, and for about eight weeks. And then uh, John Harlan, who was a game show host, announcer, uh, owned some property in Encino and uh, offered it to my mother uh, to rent. And so we ended up on Louise Avenue in Encino. And I went to Portola Junior High, where the teacher there, Wilbur Hansen, was teaching Shakespeare. And uh, his brother, Jack Hansen, owned uh, the Daisy and nightclub and, and a fairly dynamic family. And, and, and Bill Hansen's son, uh, God, I can't remember his name right now, became a major film director, uh, passed away about 10 years ago. I, I, I uh, namescapes you right now, but needless to say, I wasn't reading Macbeth, which was the assignment. And uh, excuse me, I've, got, I've had two calls here and I've done pretty well with that. Um, 
I, he had me stay after class, Bill, and, and he said two things. I hear you're very artistic. You know, I've been talking to the art. He took time. And he said, I know you're not reading uh, Macbeth. Uh, would you build the Globe Theater? And I said, oh, okay, that sounds easy. Uh, and I was, you know, I was, I was good with, uh, you know, just developing things. And I researched it, and I, I made a scale model that was way too heavy and way too large. <laughs> uh, I somehow, we somehow got it transported to the classroom, and that's where it, it remained, you know, until it was dismantled. Probably the day after school was out, it, you know. Uh, he told me to take photography. And that there was an opportunity at uh, Reseda High School because I needed some math credits uh, that summer. And he said, you should take a second class. Don't, you know, don't blow this off. And Warren King was the teacher and he was an ex-war photographer. He uh, was in Europe with a, another man named Gene Trendle. And they were the photo department for some of the generals traveling around Europe. And when, they, when, they, when the war ended, uh, Gene and uh, Gene Trendle, who became a Hollywood celebrity photographer, and he opened up a portrait studio in Westwood. Uh, Gene started getting hot as a shooter, and Warren, uh, you know, didn't do so well, and he 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 ended up getting a job as a teacher at a new school at Reseda. And in, in that day, they were building schools uh, in Mass and, and and the San Fernando Valley. Uh, is what it is today and it started in the 50s and it's amazing it's remarkable how much spread that la made in those days so i, I first first day in 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 summer school photography class um i'm he had a collection of great photographers works and a short bio on each one and it was in an easel you know kind of presentation and uh, todd walker and uh you know, ansel adams and uh, Ernest Haas, and uh, I mean, it, it, it was 300 photographs, and he would spend, he spent the first two days showing us these photographs, and at the end of the presentation said, any one of you can do this. It's all a matter of whether you, you do it yourself. Nobody's going to show you how or why. You have to be the storytellers. Right. And, and so, um, I, I took to it because I, it was one of those things. I, I wasn't, I wasn't like I, a spark went off. It was just, this is an easy gig. Um, I know C stands. I know, you know, these are different cameras from what I grew up with, but you know, I, I don't have to relearn the, the world. I mean, I, a lot easier than advanced calculus to me. Um, and all of a sudden I started uh, uh, getting accolades for the work I was doing photographically. And I ended up with scholarships to Rochester Institute of Technology, Bank of America scholarship, Kodak scholarships, you know, you name it. And, and then I, I, I moved to, you know, Rochester for the year and, and hated it. And then I, I, I went back to Los Angeles and, and uh, I had a job within a few days of interviewing, uh, working with a photographer named James B. Wood, who was the hottest commercial shooter. And his studio was on Santa Monica Boulevard at just west of vine street and when they expanded the gas station they demolished his studio uh and i tell people in the theater business now that back this is 1973 all of the theater row 
between Vine Street and La Brea was primarily just photography studios. And, 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 the, and the theater business came in and took over. Elephant Studios was Marty Evans and Harry Lyle's studio. Uh, the, I, I, I forget on the south side of the street, it's multiple names, but uh, Marshall Lefferts had and Jay Aaron had studios and these all became 99 seat theaters uh, because the economics and what the playwrights or the owners of these theaters were willing to pay the landlords was far greater than the still photographers. Right. So, and, and, that, and that's sort of a repeated evolution of, of still photography. Uh, it, it, it happened in New York. Uh, it still happens today, I'm sure. You, you have big, big corporate studios now. You don't have, you don't have uh, Arthur Elgort's studio. You don't have, um, uh, 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 let's say, uh, George Hausman's studio. You have, or Bert Stern's studio. Uh, you, know, you have Milk. You have Coyote, uh, and they're just your daily rentals. So, uh, you know, so the whole dynamics of, 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 of photography, and especially in the digital age, uh, is more right. transient than ever. Uh, it used to be the home of some, you know, great names like, you know, you still can go architectural firms or design firms are still named after individuals pretty much and still are very much intact. So in, in today's environment, because, I mean, you brought up a really important point um, historically of, of how different mediums attract you know, for the day, for what's available, mm -hmm. for um, mm -hmm. what people's interests are. And now everybody's been at home, you know, streaming media has, has, you know, taken off out of necessity because that's how things have been provided. You know, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think there is going to be a renaissance of in-person entertainment because I think we're all very hungry for that. How do you see the theater offering up something super exciting to bring people back in person? I think that um, uh, the you're, you're absolutely right. Everybody wants to be back in a live experience. Um, you've seen, I've seen, we've all seen the various attempts to in workarounds. Uh, I did not see the Tonys the other night. I just seen clips from it. Uh, you know, the Academy Awards were horrible. Horrible. Uh, and yeah, it's, and, and, you know, and they went way overboard to create the set, you know, in Union Station and everybody's socially distanced and, and uh, live, you know, the thing is, and trying to simulate a live event under restricted conditions. I, I want to say the the mo the one production that I really enjoyed, and and, and it was the inauguration, and the Democratic uh, convention last year, not because of my politics, but just the polish and um, the producers uh, had an ability and timing, and I think this is very important to the the subject matter that we're discussing right now about live. Is that there was a there there was a timing to it, and there was presence, and the camera angles were all spectacular, and and there wasn't a dull moment. Uh, and uh, uh, I've had moments like that in my theater where we had the Wadin Awards, uh, and it was one billion people in China, and um, um, uh, Don Mishner Productions, fabulous. He's done some Academy Awards. Uh, 
the um, and Don Kirshner's uh, son is the man who was behind that. And so I'm being I've I, I got to tell you, the pandemic is, is a double edged sword. It has been very damaging to everybody. But because I, you know, I, I look, I ran a really strict operation, had all my taxes together. I hired a firm actually a couple months before in September of last year to continue my my quest for infrastructure change in my theater to make it more engaging because of the technology, but not to break the the back or the the inner workings of it uh, as a live stage. Uh, the the I think there's some there's magic to where the curtains go up and down. Uh, you know, there's a person actually on a radio that or you know cues are made where you have to do this night in night out and and sustain. Uh, uh, laughter or sustained moments uh, that is unique to live and it's execution and it's and, and, and it's the talent that you put up on stage and making those choices. Uh, so I, you know, I've had my share of failures, uh, and, but at this point, I really have had a lot of time to think about what's next. I've had a lot of discussions with people for potentially having new projects. Uh, I did something very experimental in the theater where I took all the orchestra seats out and I put a level floor in and it was equal to the height of the proscenium. Uh, just as a temporary, uh, because I, I figured I could work with broadcast companies and, and if they only had 100 people, it was much more convenient for them to set up. And in fact, the LA Times is in on Monday uh, doing Fernando Mania for that specific reason. And they, they're going to film it. It's a, a big story. It's the, uh, they've been sponsoring or they produced a series about Fernando, you know, 40 years later. Uh, we have another HBO production, production coming in the end of October. I've been very slow with what I'm pushing forward, uh, you know, trying to understand that will this be something that I can do repetitively? And, and I, I know that my, my temporary level floor was is, is something that I'd stewed about for five years. I was, you know, I, uh, Pasadena Playhouse did Pirates of Penzance uh, a few years ago, and they they did put in a level floor. And I don't know if they took the seats out or how they, you know, what their methods were, but it was a, a, a reasonable success that people enjoyed themselves in a different type of seating configuration. Right. Um, and the intimacy or how it's it's perceived. Being in an orchestra and just looking up at the stage, uh, it, it's uh, it, it can it, it depends upon you know if the, the talent that's being presented on that stage if they don't grab you and and own the stage, it can be a, a miserable experience. Uh, and uh, and I've seen both. I mean you know right. I, I I mean you know like uh, we've had a. I, I wasn't present at, at Pam Ann, but it was a it was a drag show from uh, Australia that we brought in, and she sold out. I mean, just like you know, and 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 everybody loved it. Uh, you know, so uh, and then you know we've had uh, uh, too much tuna with uh, 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 Nick uh, or uh, John Milani and Nick Kroll that it, they had just done it in a nightclub in New York briefly. And they, they, their, their, their production team said, you gotta, we gotta come to Hollywood. And, and it was, it was easily the funniest week that I've ever had in 15 years. Uh, we had more famous comedians and producers of comedy in our audience than were on stage. 
for a week. And I and I and I and it was funny because I had a, a prior engagement with an artist who who does some really interesting burn sculptures, and it was supposed to be kind of a performance art thing. And this came rolling in, and and we couldn't get a hold of him in time, uh, in order to extend a second week. I mean, it was just anyway. Um, yeah, no, I think it's the choices. I think it's the choices. And I, you know, look, right now, the competition in Los Angeles with the, the Ford being uh, managed by the Philharmonic now, the Hollywood Bowl, uh, the Wallace, the Broad, uh, there are a lot of great live solutions that, you know, that, and, and, and not, to, not to discount the Pantages and CIM being Broadway musicals coming in. Uh, you know, they made that commitment before the pandemic and they're coming back and, and producing both the houses now, so. Right, oh, no, that's great. So I wanna switch to, um, you alluded to him, but um, uh, Fernando and, and um, how did he come into your life and what, what impact has he had? Uh, I, you know, I've never met him. Oh, uh, you never met him? No, 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 no. I, um, I uh, Ricardo Montalban is my father-in-law and they were very good friends. Right. Um, and uh, and the L.A. Times, my connection is the L.A. Times. We have been hosting uh, various, uh, let's say, live Q&As uh, with celebrities, stars, producers to produce content like we're producing right now for the Envelope series or for book review. And so we, we, we've become kind of a, a, a staple for the times to be in Hollywood. Uh, so this whole production just got mentioned to us just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we were gonna start it on the rooftop, but it started getting some momentum. And it's, you know, it's, but Gloria Molina is gonna be there. Richard Montoya, who was with Culture Clash in one of my first productions uh, with Zorro and Hell. Uh, he hasn't been in the theater since that time, and it, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, it's you know, I, uh, I, it, it, we, 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 it's it's going to be, uh, let's say, a learn in process because we've kind of changed the dynamics of the room uh, with the level floor, but we still have 449 seats in our in our balcony upper tier mezzanine that actually come out into the room. Cantilevered, and then you have the orchestra that doesn't have the rake that the upstairs has, and so it it really it creates a giant stage. And yeah. uh, I and and I even see in the future where we could put a screen mid house that rolls away or an old LED, uh, depending on where the technology goes, and we could hold screenings with with my uh, rooftop uh, sound uh, sound off stereo and not create any kind of sound in the auditorium. And you could have a dinner going on downstairs for that matter. Right, well, that's, uh, no, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, it, it, yeah, it, I, I, I try to develop different avenues uh, of, of, of ways to allow the theater to survive. The rooftop itself has become so successful and, and, I, you know, it's, and I'm having to push the, the rules a little bit. I'm now, allowed to do 30 days of live music annually there. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm gonna be very judicious as to what I choose to put up there. And is it gonna have a broadcast element to where it becomes like an Abbey Road kind of Beatles experience? Right. Uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to just kind of book it out for podcasts and, you know, it, that would go under a different heading, but I'm just, I'm just saying that um, I, I, I'm fortunate in that I have a lot of people now asking to use the, 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 the theater. I didn't have that when I first got there. I mean, you, right. I couldn't, I, people, you know, if I mentioned the Montalban, it was, I had to go back to the Doolittle, the Huntington Hartford, the KNX, <laughs> you know, uh, radio, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, then they go, oh, that place. Oh, yeah. And so, the, the, yeah the great thing is it's tra across from Trader Joe's. Okay, yeah. great. We know so I, I wanted to ask you about the, so the music events on the rooftop, um, does, and, and all the um, viewers have headphones, correct? Is that how it, it's experienced? It, 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 I'm doing a combination of two right now because I have uh, one of my early sponsors was KV2 Audio out of the Republic of Czechoslovakia. Very high-end Martin you know, uh, uh, type speaker system. And they were looking for a demonstration house in uh, the United States. And, and I was fortunate to put that together. So we have audio ambient at, we have to keep it at 75 decibels on a, on a regular basis. And we have the head, headsets and it, it's kind of dual purpose in that the headsets give people comfort that they don't have to hear the noise from the street down below. They don't, they stop worrying about the everyday uh, problems because all of a sudden they're, they're in their own little world with their sound tracks so we have the pre-show music the you know and then with live music no we 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 give people the option to wear it or not wear it uh and we're, we you know as it is right now we've got to be very careful uh, i want to keep it to audio sets as opposed to i was approached by a, a broadway show that was a heavy metal uh deal mm -hmm. and and i i said you know i really i think i, I wish you luck but you're not, you know, you're not going to be blasting at 150 decibels on my rooftop on a yeah, that's just, you know. So how does how does the how does the neighborhood sound when you are when you have sound up there? Is that can you hear it all the way down the street or? Oh sure. I mean, I, I mean, I have to do whatever I can to control it, and that's why we have the headsets, and that's right. why we keep the ambient low. Uh, until I build glass walls or, you know, some, I mean, I, I have in my CUP that I have to control the sound beyond my borders. Otherwise I'm in, uh, uh, you know, and, and Jimmy Kimmel is a good example. I mean, his concerts behind the, his theater uh, were originally, you know, he just rented the lot and it was part of, you know, just a, a regular permit and uh, the neighbors, you know, in the Hollywood Hills, banded together and said we can't have this on you know on thursday or friday nights and right. uh what, what his workaround was with abc is that they built they they pulled uh, film permits but uh, and you can hear it forever so you right. really have to be careful uh i yeah. you know i i've done my i think i've done my part to try to it, look it, 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 i still tell people uh, i mean we have one or two people who are constant that call the Hollywood uh, you know, uh, Police Department and the, the, the police department has to by uh, rote respond. Uh, they know we're not doing anything. And, and in fact, it's kind of funny because we have street musicians on the street now and they hear the music and they think it's us. And, we're, <laughs> and, we'll, 
Yeah, and and and, and, and you know, or 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 our, our our backstage stage door is open, and they're hearing street musicians on Vine Street, and they and so the you know the, the neighbors will call and say the Montalban's at it again, and it's the one or two people that are in the buildings, right. you know, that you know right. have nothing better to do. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, the the 1601 or 1600 across the street, the 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 it's becoming a younger environment, and they all love us. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, we have people that have you know been at the theater and the rooftop, you know, God, 20, 30 times. You know, you know I, I, I haven't started a club yet where they have a punch card, but we we know them. You know, it's just they're and they're they're the neighborhood. So we it's it's it's. I try to be respectful for everybody, but I, what really frustrates me, and this, this is more quotable than talking about you know, uh, one or two people, is that I would rather see a system to where the city council office finds consensus among the citizens and, and their deputies work with the community a little bit more closely rather than knee-jerk reaction to a single individual uh, who may be drunk or uh, unstable, which right. basically the, that's reported back to me through Vice Squad and everybody else. Yeah, we know this person and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I even run into that because I'm now the poster child for rooftop in Hollywood. Every project coming down in development, which is whether it's a, a residence or a new hotel, all have rooftop features now. And I'm right. called in to 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 support this, and I and I and, and because I, I just think that it's I didn't do anything new and original. I just did my research back in New York, back in the day, uh, after theater. Where did people go? Well, it was humid and hot in the summertime, so they started building these rooftop venues that had musicians playing until two, three, four in the morning, and you know there was walk-ups. So I said, well, you know, I sort of, I don't have an elevator. We're going to recreate that. And so yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. I, I want to I switch over to your current uh, project with, um, it's Halloween month and you've got a ton of stuff going on this yeah. month. Tell me about that program. Well, it's, 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 it's relatively uh, simple because we, you know, we theme our drinks, we, you know, we, we uh, decorate the place and, and try to do it better each year. Uh, so that people get in, and it's not only the the you know the, the rooftop screens. Uh, we have a season screenings, uh, which goes into the holiday season, and we we were taking time between those two and kind of going dark in November until Thanksgiving prior. But this year we're just going to go straight through uh, because we we only opened on August twenty seventh. The um, uh, we'll have special guests. Uh, as best we can, we're 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 now doing Zoom interviews like we're doing right now, to where we may be, be able to have interactive between uh, celebrities who uh, were in Hocus Pocus or were the, the creators of a of a different film. Uh, and right now, that's that's my hope uh, and desire that we can have our guests interact with uh, and also just have a fun time because of, of, of it's a family type of uh, environment. Uh, and uh, it's safe. Yeah, no, it's excellent. Um, and uh, I'm jumping around a little bit, but uh, tell me about um, Ricardo and and um, how you got involved in his life. 
well, I, uh, I met his daughter um, on a photo shoot. Uh, she was a, a, a high fashion runway model primarily. And uh, I was asked by a, a company uh, art director at Ogilvy and Mather to do uh, a work with a cosmetics company called Ionique. It never, it was a parody uh, cosmetic and it was a day of work. And I was doing the studio product work and they had a, a day of public relations and they signed Rudy Gernrich to be the designer working with them. And it turned out that Anita uh, and Alex was, they were the muses and they were Rudy's models for this shoot. Uh, we met that day. And uh, so, and we've never separated. Uh, it, it, uh, we, Rudy at the end of the shoot was looking at my Polaroids and he goes, these are really interesting. And I said, well, thank you. And, and he said, do you do fashion? And I'm 25 years old, uh, 24, starting my career. And, and, and fashion in LA is not something you yearn to do. Right. Uh, you know, you, you, that's Milan, that's Paris, that's New York. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like I'm a fashion photographer and I live in Chicago. Uh, wasn't on my radar screen. But of course, I said, sure, I, you know, you want to see some photographs? I, and so I, 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 I basically challenged myself to produce something. And so I went to Alex and Anita and I said, look, I don't have a stitch of, of photography in the fashion world, but let's go out and do a shoot. Would you go out with me for two days and, and uh, you know, and let's do some sessions and let's get Rudy's stuff and let him, you know, so we did that. Uh, I put together, in fact, I sort of say that with Anita, I, I, we started collaborating at that point. And we started putting the portfolio together for the presentation. It was for Capicio. And it was a 64-page catalog. Uh, find, in those days, you had to shoot the film, edit the film, print or retouch transparencies or prints, and then get them you know, in, in a, a form uh, of some sort for presentation. And you needed a, at least a dozen photographs. So... Uh, we pulled it together, took about a week and a half or two. And I called Rudy and I said, you know, I, I've been pretty busy. I didn't tell him on what, but I, and he, in the phone call, he told me that the Capizio deal was dead. So um, what it started as a, um, a new relationship with, uh, uh, with Anita uh, has never ended. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, it's, um, it's been my, she's been my lifelong partner in business and, and love and in uh, passion and uh, art. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great, uh, you know, it's been a great time. And that's, and Ricardo being her father, um, uh, I met him after about, I guess about six or eight months after we started dating. And he was one of the most phenomenal, intelligent philosophical people and consistent. Uh, he became my, my father figure uh, and we had a great relationship. And that's sort of what, why I ended up, you know, at the theater. Um, it, it was, it was formed in the 1990s. Uh, UCLA owned the property at that time. Uh, it was, uh, the foundation was formed in 1999. Uh, I wasn't a part of the original group. To, in fact, I wasn't slated to be running it at all. Uh, and, and, uh, I was, you know, I was, uh, my specialty in advertising was, uh, Oakley 
for sunglasses and sportswear uh, imaging. I, I worked with Oakley for 16 years uh, before they became part of Luxottica. I photographed for every major car manufacturer in the world, traveled to Europe for 10 years, shooting uh, seasonally between April and November uh, in various uh, countries and had a studio in Los Angeles. So being in entertainment was not something that I was yearning to do. Um, and so the opportunity arose in 05 uh, where the, the theater was doing poorly. And, uh, and, and so, you know, Anita's, you know, my father-in-law, I, I like to say, my wife says he was your father. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we spoke about some negative publicity that had just taken place. And he asked me if I could do something. And I said, I'd look into it. And I ended up, you know, being elected to the board of directors. I presented a business plan. Uh, you know, the, the, the foundation attorney at the time said, oh, nobody's ever done this. Yeah, I mean, I, I said, well, you know, that's the only way you can become successful is you have to have goals. And you have to be able to be flexible that if your goals are not working well, listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I got to tell you, I, I'm trying better today to listen to what people want. And, you know, and, and, and you know, and it's, you know, I, I, I strike and go do things impetuously sometimes, uh, like the modifications of the theater, because I'm going, you may not know this is going to be great for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, it caught, right now, the project for the level floor because of the pandemic uh, was extremely expensive. Uh, but it's going to pay off at the end of the day because it gives a different dynamic to our theater that never existed before. And it's the right. same with the rooftop. So, right. uh, so, 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 yeah, it's, um, I, you know, Ricardo. Uh, uh, what was what was his passion for wanting to get involved in the? the I mean, he was, you know, you know, hugely su uh, successful, iconic. Um, you know, he he exuded both class and. Then with uh, Star Trek, kind of this, you know, passionate um, presence in in people's mm -hmm. minds. What what made him want to be immortalized in with a theater per se? Well, um, interestingly enough, he came up from Mexico in 1944, uh, second time or 45, right after World War II. Um, he was, it was his second time in Los Angeles and he went to high school in, at Fairfax High School and was introduced to the stage, live stage by, at their drama department. And he really loved it. MGM offered him a contract. And, that, and those were the days when you had, you know, Tracy Hepburn, Gable, you know, uh, I, I, it, Loretta Young is my wife's aunt and became uh, Ricardo married into the family uh, in 1946, I think. Uh, and uh, so he, uh, he was under contract with MGM and he was doing, uh, if you see some of the clips, he was a dancer. He, 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 you know, and, and then he had an accident on uh, 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 Crossing the Wide Missouri. It, it, it's a film that was under several different names, but Clark Gable and I, uh, I think William Wellman was the director. 
And he was, he was on location in Arizona and had a horse accident and he became paralyzed. And it ended his dancing career. And he actually overcame a handicap of, you know, he was dropped by MGM the fine, ne next year. I mean, there was, you know, and then he went back to New York and, and starred in Jamaica with Elena um, um, uh, Horn. And it was funny because I was listening to a special about Sammy Davis Jr. recently. And, and he was on Broadway stage doing Golden Boy at the same time, this late 50s, early 60s. And he was kissing a, a white woman and Ricardo, who's Latin, was kissing Leslie Uggams on stage. And the Jim Crow era was in full bore at that point. And, and so it became a very controversial, you know, but that was Jamaica. But he did, he did Seventh Heaven. He became a, a, pretty much a, a, a staple as a, you know, he did Don Juan in Hell, which is one of the most challenging uh, plays. Uh, he not only, this is how brilliant he was. He had an 18 page monologue at one point. And Whoa. he knew every, yeah, he, had, he knew every word of every actor's uh, speech. And, 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 and was you know, in command of everything. And, and in this play, he, he, was, he was the command, you know, he was in command of everything. He was Don Juan. And, uh, and, and he, loved, uh, he loved the stage. And he loved the, the and in fact, you know, a lot of the community work that he did was basically because he was a great master of ceremonies, a great presenter. Uh, you know, he, he knew how to feel the moment. Uh, in in live sense, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of underpinnings to why uh, he became better known as a, a broadcast and, and motion picture uh, icon from you know, Star Trek or or, or uh, Spy Kids in his latter part of his career. Right. Uh, he, was, he was, yeah. yeah, yeah, Fantasy Island. He was a spokesman for Chrysler for 16 years. There's no other actor that that represented a car company for as long. Uh, it was kind of funny because in my early part of the career, I, I, one of my first uh, gigs was to do the announcement show for Chrysler in 1978. And I was on the road for about, oh, say, two weeks. And in various cities, and we, were, we shot the entire Chrysler line. And that was the first year that Lee Iacocca took over. And they were, they, were, they, were ups, they were upside down, sort of like what we saw in 2006 with all the car manufacturers and businesses going belly up. Well, it was what Lee Iacocca did that year in 78 that turned Chrysler around. And he took a $5 billion loan. And it wasn't because of his consumer cars. It was his farm division and his military contracts that they found a way to get the money from the U.S. government. And he actually, they paid it back in advance. Right. Uh, so I was on the road. And so it was funny because I'm working for Chrysler. And, and, and so I ended up being tabbed to photograph uh my father-in-law okay and and they nobody knew the 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 just coincidentally know. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and so and, and 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 it was always okay we're gonna you're gonna go over to renmar and 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 shoot ricardo Montalban. Uh, do you do you know him um <laughs> yeah i think so, i've heard of him <laughs> yeah exactly and so it, it, it was very fun because he, he wouldn't know who the shooter was Right. Yeah. And, so, and, 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 yeah. Yeah. When when um, UCLA owned the theater, did they go to him or did he go to them in terms of taking it over? 
I think I think Albert Carnesal first came, there was a dinner, they were very good friends, and he was chancellor of UCLA at the time. And uh, James Doolittle had deeded in 1993, the uh, theater to UCLA. Uh, and they found it to be a liability, but they needed it because their theater department needed renovation in the Frug and the Royce Hall. Right. So by having the third theater in Hollywood, they could call that their working theater while they were renovating the other two on campus and retain their federal and state funding as a result of that move. But the minute they got finished with those projects, uh, the, the, the theater was uh, expendable because without doing anything, it still, it still costs a half million dollars a year to run. Right. Minimum. Right. I mean, you know, it's it just, you know, and everybody goes, well, what do you mean? Well, it's a, you know, it's a 30,000 square foot piece of property that has heat, you know, light. And, you know, I, I mean, the property taxes, I mean, all the different rules and regulations, and things, you know, that we, I mean, I've become uh, somewhat familiar with, especially now, because uh, theaters who didn't have their paperwork act together, uh are are really in trouble and that and a and even the large ones like you you talked about in the first you know the, the first part of our conversation you know cinerama and uh you know and, and landmark uh and all the different regal or you know all the different distributors we we've hosted distributors and, and i was at a golf tournament uh, uh a couple of years ago uh and uh it was a distributors uh group and I was playing golf and the, the man next to me, I said, well, what do you do? He goes, well, uh, I, I'm with a little company called Regal and, and we have 600 screens. And what do you do? Oh, well, I'm at the Montalban and we have two. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got along, you know, from that. I was, I, you yeah. know, I, yeah. So uh, it, it's, but today's dynamic uh, is, is, is challenging. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, concessions, I mean, multiple areas of, of in, you know, uh, 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 you have to be profitable. Right. Uh, and, uh, it, it, and thank God that the, you know, basically the lame duck Congress and uh, Chuck Schumer and the Broadway people, the Nederlanders brought together, they save our stages now called, you know, shuttered venue operators grants. Right. Um, it, um, it, it, I mean, it's a great program uh, because they acknowledge the fact that you can't just turn the water off or leave the water on and electricity on, but don't let anybody in, please. Right, right. And, you know, and, it, and right now we're in a situation where it actually took them seven months from the initial funding and back in December of last year to when they started awarding the grants. And at the same time, we have the pressures of, of being closed and uh, paying the bills, right. Um, right? So, so I personally stepped in and continued to pay the bills on behalf of the foundation and theater right. as loans. Um, and yep. uh, but, yeah. yeah, I want I want to take you to what what is the big message you would like the Los Angeles community, particularly, to know? What do you what 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 is your call to action for them? Um that to continually challenge us uh, to make 
our live stage uh, uh, prominent and fun. Um, uh, look at theaters and, and, and make it a point to go to a live 99 seat theater. Uh, I really think that the ladder system is not robust enough uh, and to where, um, and, and have live experiences. I mean, look, when theater tickets for these little 99 seat theaters, you know, with a fringe festival, or whatever, are 25 and $35 maximum. There's some great talent in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and, and they end up, you know, we end up, I have to be, uh, I have to task myself to make sure that we're putting on uh, uh, work that is going to be attractive, you know, to the, the you just, you just never know. I mean, look, if I could, if I can predict to you, you know, the next great show is going to be, I wouldn't be in this business. I would just be collecting consulting fees and saying, yeah, it's a big hit or it's not. Um, you never know. Um, right. But, but I, I try to, number one, like I, I was saying earlier, listen a little bit more. Um, and I don't have that many more years. I mean, uh, you know, it's where I, I, I think I'm like in my last decade you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to have the same enthusiasm. Uh, this is another challenge right now. I, I got out of advertising. I was, it was funny because one of the, uh, the producers of the Van Gogh exhibit, uh, he's, he does live stage and his company is out of, uh, uh, it's called Starvox Entertainment. And uh, he brought a show to uh, our house called Sherlock. And we were having drinks on my rooftop and, and he asked me well, what caused you to get into the, the theater business and I said well I I've been in advertising for a long time and a lot of the same people that I had created ads with had become the creative directors or part of the administration and were no longer accessible so even though I had a great rapport with them I didn't it's like the old Oldsmobile you know this is not your father's Oldsmobile right uh, it's a young man's game. And I said, I saw this as an opportunity to meet new people. And, uh, and I said, I haven't regretted it. I haven't seen anybody from advertising since. And he said, well, you have now because I owned McCann Erickson in, in Toronto. So <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, he, and he's very good. I mean, if you've been following the Van Gogh uh, exhibit, it went from China. I went to, to it. Paris yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 That, so, 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 so that, so knowing these kinds of people, uh, I'm always keeping my eyes out. Uh, and the, the big, the big picture is I'm, I, I'm trying to be, uh, as innovative uh, as possible. Uh, I, my experience, I mean, I, I, I just, I love music and comedy of all varieties. Uh, we've been the sponsors of the Hollywood chamber orchestra. Uh, comedy, dark comedy. Um, it, it's uh, it, there are moments that you know John Leguizamo one man shows were just phenomenal and still I mean he's just a great actor uh, and 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 knowing that it, it, the streaming like you were saying before it, it, it's streaming is not the same it it it, it, unless it, it it has the polish like I was saying with the really bet the really good productions. And, and I'm, I'm actually teaching some people how to zoom better, okay? To where lighting and the, the presentation, I didn't bring in a microphone today. I just, I'm sitting in my living room. 
but in a nice situation to where if you wanted to pull a still from this about me, you can't. Yeah. Uh, my, you know, my my people uh, we're having Zoom calls, but I, and so we have this sort of situation where I'm teaching people and we're setting up Zooms. You know, it will go to the actor's home and we'll set up a Zoom situation, and they'll adopt that as their communication tool. Right. So, um, so that yeah. So the big picture is that we're we're trying to, you know, adapt with the technology, but not losing our our underpinnings of of, of live theater. Right. Uh, right. And you know, and because right now I'm going to be putting a new control room that's going to be mimicked on the first floor and the and, and our projection room. Uh, laser projection, uh, DCP 4K is going to go in. Uh, rooftop is going to have a completely different look. I'm hoping to put in permanent kitchens up there so that we can have foodie competitions and things that are, you know, a little bit more, you know, elevator service and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's millions of dollars of investment in time. Uh, awesome. And I, yeah, yeah. And I, I just hope that when it, it's written about what I did, um, it, uh, that it, people will look at it. And uh, the big picture is that I, I hope it to, it to be the Montalbana 100 years from now. Uh, it was so many different names prior to that. I referred to the theater as Sybil, uh, <laughs> and you have to be okay. So you know, it, it, so it, it uh, so that's you know, that's my you know, that, I can't try to make it kind of simplistic with my um, philosophy. Uh, that it, what I do is is actually educating and, and bringing people along. I, I mean, right now my managers all came in as interns. Uh, you know, it, we're hiring from within and we're building from within uh, and it's outreach uh, for diversity. All cultures are welcome. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's just not this, you know, uh, white bread uh, Broadway house, you know, which, you know, Broadway did have uh, the tinge with, you know, the, the you know, even within the last couple of years with the Brown Lives Matter uh, with live right. theater. And uh, so. Uh, and we were the only the only house in, in Los Angeles in Hollywood that didn't board up. And you know something? Nobody touched us. Wow, that's 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 incredible. And I'm, yeah. obviously, my heart's there. Um, but one thing too, I was a theater major at UCLA, so um, you know, I've got. Oh, so you of, know the houses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, yeah, I, I totally totally get all that. Um, in, in the last minute that I've got with you, um, what haven't I asked that we should um, talk about? Oh, I don't know. Um, why did you abandon acting? Because I hated it. Um, I, I mean, being in front of camera, I, I'm much more uh, comfortable with it now. Uh, but no, I, it, it was uh, what what not to... Uh, I, I don't know. No, we've covered a lot of areas. Uh, this is really a very good interview. I hope you can send me a, a transcript, or I can transcript it if you just uh, send us a link. Um, yeah, because um, that is, yeah, this, yeah. I'll, I'll send. Um, yeah, I, I'll get a, um, a, a. I think there's a video file that comes off this. Um, yes. And exactly. Um, yeah, and so I'll 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 send that uh, back through Lynn um, to you as well. So yeah, okay. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Now you're in Watsonville. I'm in Watsonville. I'm actually in uh, closer to Santa Cruz. I have an office in Watsonville. 
Okay. Well, no, I mean, you're and you're Watson and Watsonville. So is your family yeah, I had in to. Watson? I mean, <laughs> if, if they're going to name a town after you, got to open an office, right? <laughs> right. Right. So. Oh no, no, exactly, and uh, and, and that's that's sort of uh, uh, it's funny because they uh, Ricardo had a very funny uh, joke that he told when he was receiving the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award, and he and Tony Quinn were awarded the same day, and and. Anita and I were in the front row of the audience, and he basically launched into the fact that it was very you know, pleasurable for him to be receiving this award with his daughter, who was formerly Anita Montalban, and a beautiful name is now Anita Smith. So, <laughs> and his timing, you can find it on YouTube. I mean, it's, it's a rare little thing, but I mean, he was, he was just sensational uh, in that uh, his sense of humor and humanity. And, it, and we touched on his career and who, and I, you know, those are the shoes that I always try to fit into. I never will. But he taught me humility. He taught me uh, just to be dedicated and to, and he, he it was a very funny because he, he, uh, he told me one day, uh, he said, you know, Gil, you know, I really like you and, and you know, I know you're going to be marrying Anita. Just do me a favor. Don't lie to me. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, that's my philosophy in life. If you never lie, you never have to remember And, and and it's like wow that really it's just you know you, you, people are always coming up with stories about you know the, the dog ate my homework I mean I I've I've had city officials you know in this last year who uh, uh, used the my mother died um, you know it, it, all those things to where you know and, and I actually to one of my consultants I, when they when they use that one that, that uh, he's out because the mother died. And I said, well, I wonder how many times the mother died this year. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the consultant said, oh, no. You know, and then six weeks later, the, the person who she, my consultant had written a note to the city official, you know, saying, oh, I'm so sorry that your mother died, stuff like that. She hadn't told a lie. It was the people around her. So <laughs> anyway, I, I, you've got you've to believe that, um, you know, and, and hopefully the big lie that we're, we've been living through since November uh, is slowly having a, a death uh, on its own, and will be a better uh, a better culture as a result. So right. that's right. that's the big you know that's truthfully that's I, I really hope that and life is part of that uh, growth and that rebirth. And uh, I you know I I, uh, I you know I want to influence people that way and 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 have those opportunities as a, a community uh, soapbox so to speak. Well, fantastic. Um, All right. Um, I'm going to do my part because obviously my heart is in it with you um, and your success. Oh, yeah. yeah, I oh. definitely want to see that that legacy thrive. Um, so um, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I definitely will follow up with um, any questions and I'll send Lynn the link to the um, um, to the recording here um, okay. uh, as well. But um, yeah, and then I'm going to get my writing hat on. Okay. Well, I hope. I, look, I I I I run off on tangents and stuff, and my apologies for that. You can edit heavily, but it's been a fun conversation, and I I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, Me too. In the near future. Okay. All right. Yeah. That'll be All awesome. Right.
Okay. Thank you. Have, have a okay. great rest of your day, and um, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. Bye. -bye.